0: Welcome to Side-Eye with Mad-Eye. I'm your host, Maddie Allen. Welcome back to Side-Eye with Maddie. I'm Maddie Allen, your host, and I'm here with my dear sister, Bryn Allen. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself, Bryn? <laughs> sure. So I'm Bryn.
1: Um, I am 18 years old. I am a senior. At Skyline High School and I am the second to youngest of six daughters. Like Maddie said, I'm her sister. Yeah. And I'm just
0: very excited to be here today. Brynn actually offered to be on the podcast, which I really, really appreciated because I wanted to talk about this stuff. And by this stuff, I mean the stuff I've referred to many times before in the (laughs) podcast. I've referred to like um, body image and eating disorders and disordered eating and my experiences with that and right. said that I wanted to talk about it. Um, but also, it's kind of a, an intimidating thing to talk about too. And so, I was really glad when Bryn texted me and she was like, "I heard you mentioned that you wanted to talk about that, and I just wanted to let you know that I would be happy to come on and talk about it." And I was. I was honestly relieved that I, like, yeah. didn't have to ask first. <laughs> it was really nice to offer because I was kind of scared. I was like, I mean, I knew you probably would be willing to, but at the same yeah. time, I just didn't know.
1: No, it's true. I definitely, like, right as I heard that you wanted to talk about that, I was like, I would love to come on and just have a conversation with you. So. You're like, she's talking about me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, literally. No. Um, but, yeah, I was thinking... That I would start with my story since I'm the older one, not wiser, just older. Oh, <laughs> And then we would kind of just have a conversation and just kind of see where it goes from there. I don't even know how this is going to go, but it'll be great. <laughs> we will see. It'll be great. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I've mentioned like a few times that I have struggled with a... Disord- disordered eating bordering on an eating disorder um i always say that because it's hard for me to like for example <laughs> i can't necessarily diagnose also at the time i didn't get treatment for it or anything and so it was hard to recognize it's also difficult in retrospect <laughs> but also um and i i mentioned to like I sometimes have difficulty with, like, how serious the situation was. But as I got older, I realized, like, oh, this is a very serious thing. This is, like, a big deal. Um, And something that's been really helpful for me is just the definitions, hearing what the difference is between disordered eating versus a full-blown eating disorder. So this is the definition I have, is disordered eating is basically an unbalanced relationship with food, um means that you subscribe to rigid rules around food and are often guided by guilt and shame when it comes to food. You ignore hunger and fullness cues or perhaps no longer feel them. You engage in artificial, unsustainable, quick diet, weight loss or weight gain, and you're likely heavily enmeshed with diet culture and have poor body image weight concerns and are consumed or obsessed with thoughts on food. Um, this can easily escalate into a full-blown eating disorder diagnosis which an eating disorder is that to the extreme which includes very severe symptoms and impaired functioning and even more of an obsession that that means you need medical and psychological treatment and it sounds so serious and here's the thing those things like overlap a lot I think a lot of people are kind of actually in the in-between which Is what I struggled with, and I was like, my my story is not, like, no one cares about my story, because I didn't mm. get treatment or anything.
1: Yeah. Well, Which, it's hard when yeah. you can't put a label on it and yeah. say, well, I went through this. It's it's hard to define what you went through.
0: Yes. And I also, like, I think I didn't want to label it either, because then it makes it serious. Yeah. It's like, definitely. oh, I had a problem. So... Basically, uh, it's very hard to summarize, but I, um, overall, I just, I will say I have no hard feelings against, like, any friends or family. Like, I'm going to mention some things that were, like, said to me, but I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, definitely. Yeah, It's no. like, it not, it's not our parents' fault. It's Not, not at all. No. Our friends' fault. Um, for me, it's not even, like, social media's fault. Like, no. <laughs> it's not anyone's fault. And so, like... I never want anyone to feel like weird hearing about this. Like, especially people, a lot of people who are he- hearing about it for the first time. Cause I don't talk about it a lot either.
1: Yeah, there are there are influencing factors. Yes. But not causing factors, you know. Yes. I don't know. Um,
0: so yeah, like when I was younger, um, I loved it. I was always like told, You're so cute and little, you're little natty, you're you're gonna be so petite when you're older but then also alongside that like you're going to be so petite you're going to be so short you're going to have to work extra hard to keep those pounds off or things like oh just stay cute and little as long as you possibly can but people saying that to me in like seventh eighth grade when I'm like supposed to grow right (laughs) into a woman and um I I Like all that stuff, like I loved it. Honestly, I loved hearing that stuff. I was like, "I'm so cute." But (laughs) then, like, eighth grade health rolls around, and um, the way that everything was taught, like, about your body, and especially like BMI, that's a huge thing. Yes, yes. I was like terrified of gaining weight or Of my body even changing in any ways, like, I didn't want to develop breasts. (laughs) sound like a mom. I didn't want to, like, grow. I didn't want hips. I wanted to be stick, skinny, because that's, like, how I saw my value. I wanted to, like, fit in these tiny clothes. Um, So I remember eighth grade was definitely a time when I was, like, that's when I really started getting entrenched in this and, like, having these thoughts. Um, I think that we've talked about health class before. Oh yes, yes, eighth grade health class. It like I don't even remember. Do you remember what else was bad about it? I just know that it was not a good experience. No, I think it's
1: just heavily influenced by diet culture and so just the messages from that health class. It's there's there's a lot of fun of it is about yeah gaining weight
0: and yes. Oh oh, I know what else. Um. Did you guys have to watch Super Size Me? Oh, yes. Of course. That, like, to me, uh, I, I just, like, it made me sick. And then you were, like, taught about McDonald's and all these food chains. Yep. And they just, like, they make you just, like, absolutely disgusted with it. And, like, ah, uh, for someone, like, at that time in their life. It is not good. No,
1: it's probably the worst time to it is be the teaching worst time.
0: those diet culture things. Yes. and then in ninth grade, and I loved my ninth grade biology teacher, but like we would talk even more about nutrition, but still like heavily, heavily influenced by diet culture. Yes, and she would talk about how like, oh, girls, you can never, and like she specifically targeted targeted the girls, and I love this woman, but she was like girls never ever sit down with a ben and jerry's ice cream what like it has quadruple the calories of a normal size like ice cream not pint what is it half gallon of ice cream yeah you might as well eat a whole half gallon of ice cream rather than eat a ben and jerry's like stuff like that that's just like oh my gosh they like then create and she's so well-meaning but it's just like that has so many calories, like blah, blah, blah. And so you're just like taught. And I took so many foods classes too. They were all great. And I just, I don't know. So I like knew exactly how many calories I should be getting, how much fat, how much protein. And I don't, I don't know. I guess I decided, I didn't decide actually. I took it to the extreme. So I always say like, I'm sure you feel kind of similar, Bryn, but like for me it was always like, did the anxiety come first or did the disordered eating come first? Yes. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And for me, anxiety. Like, I definitely think I've had anxiety since I was born. But that escalated and that made it possible for me to start cutting down as much as possible. So I think as early as like seventh grade. I know I did this earlier in my life, but I would, like, always skip breakfast and even lunch sometimes, and by ninth grade, I was cutting out all fat that I possibly could and meat and, I mean, mostly fat.
1: Yeah. So just, like... Fat is the boogeyman
0: in eighth (laughs) grade health class. and It is. Yeah. That's, like, the fear, and I mean... I think in our family too, that was kind of the enemy. Right. And once again, it's not anyone in our family's
1: fault. No, it's just the generation our parents grew up in.
0: Yes. Was no fat. And like butter was like the enemy. It was like the root of all evil. Real (laughs) butter or like full fat ice cream, full fat anything. And so it was like, but for me, then I like totally took it to extreme where I was like making um cinnamon rolls with water. We joke Ugh. about that in my family, but instead of butter, I would use water with Ugh. my friend. And that wasn't even like that I mean it was purposeful. But like and pasta, like no butter with it. Like everything. And so then I could get to the point where I was having less and less and less calories a day and cutting out everything that I possibly could. Yeah. And um I know that in ninth grade for about there was maybe 6 months where it was like into more eating disorder territory where it like took over like everything where i was just like absolutely obsessed with it and um over exercising like a ton which is so crazy because i've never loved to run but i would just like try and run as far as i could on the treadmill and like exercise until i felt a certain way until my tummy got cold so that i knew i was Burning fat, even though I don't oh, even know if dear. that's true. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but then so yeah, ninth grade. Um I was like absolutely starving, but I loved how skinny I was. And I was really excited that I could fit into um some of Bryn's shirts. Oh. Which is unnatural. Do you remember that? <laughs> I
1: vaguely remember that. I how old would I have been? elementary school. You would have been in fifth
0: grade. Oh wow. I don't know. But well no, or younger. Um I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying like that. Yeah. Like for me, I was like so proud that like, oh, I'm staying small. I'm a good size. Like I'm I can't I don't know. And anyways, all these obsessive things like that. Um and I don't think like a lot of people really noticed except i know that my friends would make comments at lunch sometimes about me eating like a bird or something i love them but like you're barely eating anything and i just know for me that wasn't really helpful i did not want people to draw attention no to how much i was eating same with at family dinner or anything like i don't think that people did a lot but i did not want people to draw attention to it at all and um anyways coming to kind of an end which is not really an end but I the end of the worst of it was I know like I remember a couple of times like my sister Marin she probably doesn't remember this but I remember like laying on the bed with her um and the way that we were like laying she was just like looking at my stomach and she was like Maddie I'm worried about you like your ribs are like protruding out like are you okay and I was like yeah but like It's such a hard thing because it's like, I like to hear that I'm skinny. But at the same time, I'm like, I am sick. (laughs) And um, then my, then one of the distinct moments I remember in ninth grade was when my mom, um, I just remember standing in the kitchen and she just like was talking to me and then she kind of paused and was like, are you okay? You I'm worried about you. Like, again, like, I'm worried about you. You seem really sick. And then she said, like, you're so skinny. But then I I don't remember what else. It was just that. And it was just kind of like she was suddenly, like, worried. Like, what's going on? And I think then she started to put some things together because she would ask me things like, why? Why are you so cold? Why is your skin modeled like I had bad circulation and why I don't know just just started asking questions kind of um and I don't know exactly like what really really helped (laughs) but like I know that within like a year or two like I was more normal I was like eating more and I was more I wasn't like obsessing over it um but then I still throughout like the rest of high school and college definitely had like bad diet culture thoughts and yeah. like I always just thought like well like I can start I can starve myself I know I can put myself through that I've done it before I can do it again yes <laughs> so like no I had the same thing yes yep. if I need to lose weight I can and all those things and then sorry one thing I forgot the last thing I'll say this is something I like to forget about but like i've told spencer and he's really the only person i've told like i am so glad that i wasn't successful in this but i would definitely um like when i would overeat i would go and try and throw up and i literally have never told other people that except for spencer but it's because i didn't want that to be real i was like that didn't happen and luckily i was not successful i could i was not I couldn't do it but um successful I I I I hate that word that's a horrible word just meaning like um now it's like okay that could have turned into a very very bad thing as well and so that's just what I mean by that I like oh it's so dumb yeah um but anyways that was mostly my experience and then getting into college is where I started learning more And when things, I think, started becoming real, like, oh, that was a serious problem. And so this is kind of, I feel like, where Bryn's story comes in because Bryn's story affected how I feel like I've fully, like, come around. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and how old were you when I was, when my story came into play?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I was, I think I was either a sophomore or a junior in college. I was probably a sophomore. Okay. Yeah. So. I knew something was going on. Okay. Yeah. But not the full extent.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think I realized until just now, like, how similar Maddie and I's stories are. Because um, we don't talk about it no, a lot. No, we which is don't. Okay, it's it's really sad. But yeah, I think, so growing up, I was in ballet and gymnastics, which... Oh, my gosh. Gymnastics. Yeah. That is, like... Those two sports, I love
0: gymnastics, but the root of some of it. Yes, no, those
1: (laughs) come with their own set of eating disorder behaviors, you know, on their own.
0: Girl called me fat in gymnastics. What? And I was like, what? But it was just because I was years older than her.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, see, no, I was never like body shamed in gymnastics or dance, but it definitely was like just this unspoken thing, like you have to stay thin. So yes, yeah. Anyways, that just. I think that influenced how I grew up, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I always saw myself as bigger, not, I didn't necessarily think I was overweight or fat, but I definitely was like, I'm just bigger than all my friends. Like not necessarily like the stick skinny yeah. seventh grade girl. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember specifically like we'd be on our way to dance, sitting down in the car in our leotards in. I had this little strawberry shortcake bag, <laughs> super stylish, but I would use that to cover up my little belly rolls because like all five or six year olds, I had a little belly <laughs> completely normal, but like I'd use it to cover that up because I was just so conscious of that and aware of that. So I don't know, just growing up, definitely I was very aware of my body. Um, I... Oh, I would go on these week long kind of stints where I would try to lose a couple of pounds or like <laughs> if I look back in my notebooks or my journals, like I've written out meal plans. Um or like how old? Um, I'd say since I was since beginning of elementary school, probably. So just yeah, I'd have like Dang. exercise plans written out, meal plans written out and um In second grade, specifically, I remember we played this game where we'd um, roll this ball of yarn towards each other, and we were all sitting in a circle, and we'd, like, say something that we like about the person we rolled to, and it would make, in the end, like, a friendship web, and I was not fat in second grade. Let me just say that. (laughs) No,
0: you were not.
1: (laughs) But I was definitely already self-conscious about that. I'm not sure why, but... This one boy will not name names, but he rolled the yarn towards me and he said, I like you because you're fat. Oh, <gasps> and the class burst out laughing and I like I even looked over at my friends in the class and they were laughing and my heart just like stopped in that moment. I just felt so betrayed and the teacher didn't hear him. She was like, what'd you say? And he was like, I like you because you're nice and then rolled it again. But Ugh. that like. That yeah. was when I was like, am I fat? Like, because I was already conscious of that, of course. But anyways. But when someone
0: else says it. Right. It is and, like entrenched in your
1: brain. Well, and I'm sure he, he's just being a dumb second grade boy and joking like, you're fat. But that. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then a few years later, I think there's one time I remember I was trying to. Lose a couple of pounds. Um, I don't know if I had like a gymnastics competition coming up or something, but it was probably in like fourth grade. Um did, you were really good
0: at gymnastics. Yeah, you were I, well, I was better than in, I ever was. Yeah. Well, I was yeah, I
1: was very competitive. Yeah. Um and so at the beginning of the week, like on Sunday, I wrote on this little sticky note, like I probably weighed like, I don't know, seventy six pounds because I was literally in elementary school. <laughs> But um I was like, Okay, hey, by the end of the week I'm gonna try and be down to seventy pounds or something and oh my gosh. Yeah. Um and my cousin was over for a sleepover and we went up in my room and we were just hanging out and she like saw the note and she like picked it up and read it and I will never forget the look on her face when she looked up at me and was like, Bryn are you trying to lose weight? And of course I was like, no. And I just like rushed her out of my room and like, I was so embarrassed. I was Mm -hmm, like, yeah, but I will never forget the look on her face because it was shocking. Like why was I as a fourth grader trying to lose six pounds? Like when I was already not fat, you know, but and even
0: that's the thing, even if you were that like, I don't know. It's just, part of growing up. You need fat to grow. Yes. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Even that's the thing. Even if you were technically obese or any of that, mm-hmm. it, it's not, I, I don't know. It, it still <laughs> wouldn't have been healthy for me to be yeah. doing my own
1: little weight loss cleanses or yeah. whatever. Um, but anyways, I was just saying all those stories just to give a little background of like how, what I was like growing up and just like, where Um, it kind
0: of comes from yeah how it escalated
1: but I think so in sixth grade I started going on these one month sugar fasts um for the month of October and the month of like February or March because Halloween was at the end of October and I'd you know not going I'd not have sugar the whole month and then
0: be able to Mm -hmm. eat sugar on Halloween okay sugar fasts like going off sugar was a huge huge thing it was a fad yeah my age your age like i don't know exactly where it comes from but there was like i feel like everyone that was like above and beyond was doing that yeah no and it,
1: so it wasn't peculiar for me to be like oh yeah. i'm off sugar people's parents paid them to go off sugar yes i
0: know whose parents paid them mm-hmm. <laughs> like i i don't know and i totally did it i did it in in eighth grade ninth grade it tenth was a grade. it was a big thing yeah. Like.
1: You were high and mighty if you were like, oh, I'm off of sugar. But, <laughs> Look at
0: me. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I just know. Like, yeah, that was a big thing.
1: Definitely. So I think me and my friend did it, started it in sixth grade. Um, But I wouldn't just cut out sugar. I would also be like, oh, I'm cutting out junk food. Mm-hmm. I hate that word, junk food. But <laughs> um, just like anything unhealthy. So I was like very hungry in these months. And I would just like keep holding on. And like, I don't know. But anyways, that went on for a few years. And I think each time I did it, I got more and more restrictive. And you can um, just go
0: further and further with it. Yeah. I don't know if it's right to compare it to an addiction, but I think you a little bit. I don't know. You can just push it further and further and further. Right. So,
1: yeah. And there's kind of this high of like not eating sugar. I'm like,
0: I don't know. Yes, there is a high. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that, but mm-hmm. you're, like, proud of yourself, too. Right, you're right. like, I'm awesome.
1: <laughs> and virtue signaling all over the place. I'd be, like, <laughs> yes. oh, I can't have that. I'm off sugar, but. Oh,
0: gosh, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, anyways, but, yeah, I think the very last time, well, it wasn't the last time I did it, but this is kind of what really started the depths of my eating disorder was in eighth grade. Yeah, eighth grade. So I was fourteen. I went off sugar just like I did every October. Um, but at the end of this one, I particularly remember. I was terrified of like gaining that weight back. I was like, I do not. Even if I had only lost like what five pounds, I did not want to gain it back this time. And even that day on Halloween, when I was like letting myself eat sugar again, I. There was this one specific moment where i was like okay like you can eat whatever you want now but i was like no i want to be hungry for dinner or (laughs) yeah so that's just where it started i guess um and as the months went on i would just like i got more and more restrictive and um would only let myself eat sugar or junk food on the weekends um so during the week i would just eat healthy and i would eat I remember that very yeah, well.
0: Very, yeah. You would save everything in the freezer to eat that yeah. weekend. Yeah. But I
1: didn't think anything it. Was of it was crazy.
0: No. Because um, it was normal, like, for people to go off sugar or, like, yeah. Right.
1: So, yeah, Monday through Thursday or whatever, I would eat healthy. I'd eat very, very low calories. Like, I knew how many calories I was eating, and it was very, very low. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on those weekends, I would eat a ton. I would make myself sick because I was restricting and then it's like, okay, now you can have sugar. And so I'd like eat it all in that weekend and Just binge on it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So that was going on for a few months and I just became more and more depressed because obviously like my brain wasn't getting the nutrients it needed and I would come home from school a lot. And this was only eighth grade, um, but I would come home I'd say at least once a week, just like so upset. And I think school was kind of a scapegoat for me. Like I would blame all my problems on school. And be like, oh, I just don't want to be in school. But I really was like dealing with this eating disorder, and with that came depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would cry almost every day, and I didn't know why. I was just so so
0: sad. And wait, I don't want to interrupt. No, but please I will interrupt. Say that- that was ninth grade for me like yeah or no 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 beginning of 10th grade sorry because I actually forget but it was ninth to 10th grade was the hardest part but 10th grade um there was a lot going on but I was so depressed and did not realize it yeah but I would cry every day and one of the biggest things is like that moment I remember like in the kitchen with my mom is like I remember then being like I can't feel anything like I'm an empty shell yes. and my mind like me realizing my mind can't function like mm-hmm. I couldn't like concentrate and I was crying so much and I was so like depressed and just felt so strange like almost like like for me this sounds weird that's kind of like an out of body experience oh it I was did not feel completely out of body for me yes. in my body like it was so weird yeah. so anyway sorry to interrupt I just no like, you're fine the the crying every day. Yes. <laughs> to 100%. Well, and that's yeah. what I'm
1: saying is like our stories are so similar, like around junior high and. Yeah. Same time. An already terrible time in life, you know? <laughs> junior know. high sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: there were hard things going on, but that, yeah. That just made it so way you were, worse. You were coming home,
1: you were crying. Yes. um, Yeah, I just, I couldn't feel anything. And um, I think. Yeah, when I think back to that time, that's, I mean, I've been through a lot since then, but that was probably the darkest time of my life.
0: Mm-hmm. And for sure.
1: Yeah, I, it was definitely out of body or I kind of felt like I was just like in a cloud. That sounds cliche, but like there was literally a cloud around my head. I just, yeah, I like wasn't present at all. So, yeah. um, And Definitely, mom would make comments like she would pinch my shirt and be like, Brin, "You're so thin!" Like, and she'd just have these worried looks on her face and make comments or um, trying she, to be helpful, yeah, yeah, because she, cause she you, genuinely yeah. was worried about me for sure. Um, or, you know, I'd go up and mom would be like, "Oh, dad wants to talk to you," and I'd go talk to him, and he'd, cause he's a doctor, so he'd talk to me about my BMI and how it was too low and. Um, you can cut this out if you want, but <laughs> he said, "You know, Bryn, when you go to the doctor, they're gonna tell you you have an eating disorder." Um, and I don't think you have an eating disorder, but that's what they're gonna tell you because they're gonna look at what you've been doing, and that's what they're gonna see. I don't personally think you have an eating disorder, but that's what they're gonna tell you. And mm. for me, that was. A terrible thing to hear, because i I wasn't having an eating disorder for recognition, of course,
0: but you just wanted attention,
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, no. it was on purpose, no, but to not have people recognize like how real my struggle was, and like how real this problem was was like I wanted to go further because mm-hmm. I wanted people to see how sick I was um. And how, like, real this struggle was for me. So, yeah, hearing things like that was hard.
0: Yeah. Trying to be helpful, but it's not necessarily helpful. Yeah. And he didn't know that. No, of course not. Yeah. No. But, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyways, so, and I remember this one specific time. um, This was a few months before I was actually hospitalized, but I pictured myself in a hospital bed. I was like, what if this I didn't think I had an eating disorder, but I was thinking I was like, what if I get so sick? Like what if I faint and I have to be hospitalized and it's so sick, but that thought made me excited because then people serious. would finally realize. Yeah, yeah. And it it'd be a real thing if I was lying there in the hospital and finally people would see. But so fast forward, eventually I was hospitalized in May of 2017
0: mm-hmm.
1: yep. because we went to the doctor's office and she was like worried about my heart rate. She, well, she was worried because I was also like asking her, how many calories should I eat? And I was asking her all these things where she's like, wait, an, a normal eighth grader should not be worried <laughs> about these things. Yeah but um they did order some tests and i was like oh it'll it's nothing but my heart rate when they did the ekg was i believe it was 34 in the 30s um so i was by law i had to be hospitalized right away yes yep <laughs> and that is where all my trauma comes from <laughs> i'm just yeah I joke about it, but um, But that was a big moment. Definitely. It was huge. Yeah. No, I remember we were watching Gone with the Wind in uh, U.S. History with Mr. Allen. And I got called to the office. It was almost the end of the day. So I was like, what? What's going on? Um, Whenever I got called to the office, I was like, oh, no, my dog died. That's what I always thought. (laughs) But my mom was standing there and I was like, what's going on? And she said, we got your test results back and I wanted to give you time to prepare. And I was so confused. Mom like, said that? Yeah. Okay. It's like, prepare for what? And she just started crying. And then she told me on the way home that I had to be hospitalized and I was crying. And I just did not understand any of it. But, yeah. I, um, I had Sorry, to be. I'm literally like, just no.
0: can't. I'm like on the edge of tears because this was like a big deal. No, it was very <laughs> yes. traumatic.
1: Um, I remember, like, Abby was walking up the hill from school, and I went and like hugged her goodbye because I didn't know how long I was going to be in the hospital. Oh, cute baby Abby. Yeah. So she, and she was like, "What's going on?" And um, did you tell her? I just said I have to go to the hospital, and I remember hugging Heather goodbye, and we like said a prayer, and she was crying, and um, yeah, we drove to the hospital, and. Had to have an NG tube, a feeding tube put in, and had to be monitored for. I think it was almost a week, maybe half a
0: week. Um. So yeah, I don't know if you want me to keep going. Um, this has been long. Say from my no, it's good. Yeah, I tell told me you, what I told you talking. to. Just tell the story in all the detail you wanted, but um. So my experience at this time was, so I, I, it was either a sophomore or a junior in college. And so I didn't live at home and I just got a phone call or a text, probably a phone call mm-hmm. um, from my parents just saying, Bryn went to the doctor and her heart rate was too low. And so she had to be hospitalized. And then I knew, I knew what it was for. Because I knew that you struggled, but kind of like you said, like, no one wants to make it more serious of an issue than it is. Right. And I just knew. I was like, I I know she has an eating disorder. Like, this is serious. And that did make it more serious. Like, it was like, that only happens to other people. Like, only, like, the most extreme people are hospitalized or... Or die from it. I, I hate to say that because I yeah. don't even want to think about what would have happened. But um I like so I remember being told that and then I crumbled up on the couch and just cried. And then my cute roommate Kate was like, What's wrong? I'm so sorry. And I remember like I had such a hard time explaining it because it was like an awkward thing for me to talk about, but I was yeah. like, This is serious. And you know, that's the sad thing too, is like It was only really, really serious because you were in the hospital and Mm -hmm. um So I don't know. How long were you there? Half a week? I think it was half a week, yeah.
1: And I wanted to say I'm I didn't know that you knew. Um I don't I don't think no, I don't think anyone really knew. They knew I mean obviously they saw me like lose a lot of weight and I knew what it was
0: for, but I don't, I don't know if, I don't think I was told. I think Mm. I knew though.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, I was there half a week and then I finally got to go home and like looking back the hospital, just being hospitalized, suddenly all that was very traumatic for me, but I think it was probably the best outcome because I don't think if I would have gone to the hospital like I don't think I would have fully realized the severity of it and you would have just kept going right no I wouldn't have more and more gotten help yeah I wouldn't have realized like okay this is real and if I don't stop I'm going to die yeah so it was very traumatic but in the end it was the best outcome because
0: yeah yeah I think most people are going to ask for help though and they don't want help like their eating disorders their Best friend, as yes. people put it, and I feel like it's hard to understand until you're in that situation. But like, you don't want to give it up. It's like all you have, and it's like this right. is my life. And so like, um, one of the biggest moments also that I remember is Bryn came home, and I probably came home for that Sunday dinner or something. I don't remember. Um, hopefully, I was nice enough to come home beforehand. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know, because <laughs> I knew that it was serious, but um. And I just remember my mom like kind of like said something to me. Um, maybe mom said something because mom knew, but like that you had like had a full blown eating disorder. But, yeah. But this the way that she said it to me. She just said, um, "Maddie, didn't didn't you struggle with this? Like, didn't I?" Just remember some of these things from your experience and you know it was kind of like the first time she's really like kind of asking like mm-hmm. did you have an eating disorder or like asking do you you know do you understand did you go through this and i just like nodded and i was like yeah like i i understand and although i i still i say i understand but obviously like our experiences are still different and right yours i think was more like traumatizing um And she asked me, like, yeah, like, you know, we talked about – she said, like, you used to have bad bad circulation, (laughs) mottled hands, things like that, which I know it's, like, kind of silly. We've kind of, like, joked about it, I feel like. Yeah. Like, pointed some things out, and I was, like, yeah. And then, anyways, it was kind of, like, I felt like – I don't know if she feels like this, but I felt like it was, like, her way of saying, will you – talk to Bryn. Like, if you understand, will you say something? And yeah, first of all, that made me very emotional because I felt guilty and I felt sad because I was like, of course. I'm like, why, why didn't you realize of all people? Why didn't, you know, like I should have realized, but oh, yeah, I wasn't, I don't know. I don't know why. And then I remember, so you would just barely come home within the past few days I don't know yeah but for some reason I just remember this moment of me like we were laying on the living room floor <laughs> I remember this Do you remember it's
1: been very I'm vivid so remember. Yes.
0: so how I remember it as I just kind of like I don't know I remember like laying on the floor and like touching your hand or something and just being like because you were like miserable and traumatized and I don't think you really necessarily wanted to talk about it talk about it I think you you seemed kind of like angry like honestly it was like a little scary because it's such a scary thing for me to talk about yeah but then I just was like I don't know I think you asked me you were like did you struggle with this
1: I don't know I can't remember well what I remember is that night we like went out for ice cream or something and Mm. I kind of had a breakdown oh okay and I remember I was lying on the floor, just like kind of crying. And
0: yeah, you lying on the floor is like burnt <laughs> into my brain. Yes,
1: yes. So, yeah, this would happen where I'd have little breakdowns. But yeah, this yeah. one time you said something like, You talked about your roommate and how she always would say, We have to nourish our bodies so we can. Oh, babies! So or have I can't even.
0: Children. Yeah, I can't even remember. We're cute, but like we BYU have to. students Yeah, we have to talking about having babies. Take yeah. care
1: of our bodies and nourish them.
0: Yeah. Um, which looking back, I'm like that was kind of weird. But I know it is weird. It sounds weird, but it's because there's a reason that we talked about it. And for me, it was a big deal because for me, I one of the reasons I would convince myself I had to eat was so that I could one day bear children. Yeah. I know that that sounds kind of weird, but that is one of the ways that I effectively, because there's not very many yes. effective ways. That's one of the ways I effectively fought.
1: Well, if someone said that to me now, I'd be like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, but back yeah. then, that was something I, yeah, that was very helpful. And when you said that, yeah. I remember it so vividly because that was something that was very, very it was helpful. a big deal for yeah. both of us. Yeah. It was very helpful to me, like you saying that. Yeah. I so something feel.
0: about laying on the floor and mm-hmm. then me saying something about like I feel like I I kind of know how you feel and then just yeah talking about that. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I felt like you understood. Um so.
0: although not perfectly for sure, but
1: yeah. Um well, I wouldn't want anyone else to <laughs> understand perfectly because no. I would not wish this on anyone. But then what happened after that?
0: I don't know. Do you remember? That, I mean, you said you remember all of it that night, or
1: just after just hospital. In general, just um, after, yeah. I think. Well, I was going into high school, and I think for that whole year, I kind of was still very restrictive, counting calories, and still did not want to gain any weight. And so I was, I was like, oh yeah, I'm recovering, but I wasn't at all. Um, and then that summer. Um a year later, one year after I was hospitalized, I um remember we were headed to California for a family reunion and that the day we left, I was just suddenly so dissatisfied with the way my body looked and how I felt. I mm, felt like a whale and I was just like so upset. And so I was like, "Okay, hey, this whole week like I'm gonna starve myself and just because it's vacation doesn't mean I can
0: yeah over well and
1: I was like I'm gonna be in a swimsuit all week like I look so fat even though I had probably only gained back a couple of pounds but I just the way I felt I was so upset but Mm -hmm. so this reunion I did I was very very limited in my calories and I did drop a lot of weight and was literally starving myself I wouldn't have admitted it then but looking back I definitely was um but at the end of that week this like this is so such a weird memory but <laughs> this is what started my journey of real recovery um we went to the farmers' market I think it was just me and Heather and Stefan because I had slept in and missed it whenever everyone else went but We went to the farmer's market, and we were walking around, and this woman gave us a sample of her peaches that she was selling, and that was one of my things with my eating disorder is I would not taste anything because every calorie had to be counted, and so I would not even taste, like, I would not even lick something off my finger, like, there was no way in heck, but this woman gave us her peaches to try, and I was like, I can't, like, she put it in my hand, and I, like, couldn't
0: i couldn't like throw it away Wait, why is that so funny to me because when you said you wouldn't even lick your finger i'm like same yeah you make like brownies for the family but it's like it's how like, dare i even have a lick? no
1: yeah you're like i'm just gonna eat my one square oh my gosh it's not funny it's horrible but
0: no it's terrible yeah. but
1: so i was like kind of panicking in that moment and i like put the peach in my mouth i'm like okay we're gonna walk away and i can just spit it out how s- silly is that but this perfect farmer's market peach <laughs> yes <laughs> looking back I'm like this is insane but this is truly how I felt I was freaking out and I was like okay I'll just spit it out I'll spit it out but we stood there for a few minutes and just chatting with her (laughs) yeah but finally in that moment I think something clicked where I was like why am I so afraid of a slice of peach Mm -hmm. and from that moment on I think I kind of just realized like how ridiculous I was being and that woman at the farmers market will never know how much of an impact she had on me but i'm serious that slice of peach like Aww, changed. i wish we could write
0: her a letter i know
1: that changed everything for me because from then on out i was actually committed to real recovery and it didn't matter how much weight i would gain and yeah i don't know that was where my actual recovery that. started so um
0: i think for me um Well, Bryn's thing. When Bryn's thing. Well, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. <laughs> My traumatic um, experience. Yeah, when Bryn was hospitalized is when be- things became very serious for me. Is yeah. when I realized, first of all, like stop lying to yourself. Like, it's not just other people in other worlds having these problems. This, this is, is your is own family. Us. This is our family. Yeah. Like we are having these these problems. We're struggling with eating disorders. Like, uh, and then, um. Yeah. So then after that, things became more serious. I don't know when. I don't know how. But all I know is I started getting way more educated on things. Yes. Like actually learning. Um, and I know it sounds silly. I wish that I would have just gone to a therapist myself. But I've always been back and forth about it. And it was hard for me. And eh. But um, I started like following these therapists primarily. Tiffany Rowe. Mm. You know who she is. Yes. I'm like, you better know who she is. Yes. <laughs> um, who literally, like, I feel like it's so cheesy, like, life-changing. Like her, yes. her advice, her account, everything that she says is absolutely life-changing. And it just got me. I know that Instagram is not. <laughs> it's not a replacement for therapy but like the amount of information and I start so I started listening to all her podcasts I started following a few other people um biggest ones would be NADA the National Eating Disorders Association I think that's what it sounds for yeah and um following um Beauty Redefined these two Women that literally have, like, I'm pretty sure it's PhDs. Oh, in yeah, the, the Kite field. Sisters. The Kite yes. Sisters. Who people like that who will speak up about it and just like absolutely they're educating the world, they're changing the world. They're awesome. And like, no BS. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. And like, I know, like Tiffany Rowe, she's like just absolutely like, I mean, one of the biggest things she started getting popular for on Instagram was like changing diet culture and. And no shame around food and all of these things that like helped so much. And so over the years, I have gotten really, really into that stuff and really passionate about it. And I would say the other thing is I also have had very, very close friends, other friends um, who have really struggled with eating disorders. So that was another thing that I was realizing so many people around me actually really struggle with yes no I think I a lot
1: I (laughs) yeah I think I saw a statistic once that was one in five women will struggle will struggle with an eating disorder and that's not even mentioning eating disorder behaviors I mean yes diet culture and disorder yes everyone I mean I would say almost everyone has it's serious eating disorder behaviors that they don't even realize are yes behaviors
0: I agree and I think sometimes, yeah, like they don't go that far, but it is a big deal. And like I think it was the statistic too, like one in four. Um, I think it's just for women. Men, I'm sure there's statistics as well, but yeah, one in four women that go on a diet will escalate to an eating disorder.
1: It always starts with I'm the diet. I'm pretty
0: sure within like five years. Yes. But well, that's
1: okay, where it starts. Yeah, and so something I was gonna say when you were talking about social media. <laughs> Is I feel like everyone like, oh, social media is so toxic for, you know, eating disorders. And it can be sometimes for sure. Absolutely. But social media was something that helped me recover so much. I I didn't know that. No,
0: really? Yeah. Because you don't have like an Instagram. No, I
1: don't have an Instagram. But I would like go on my mom's Instagram and I found, um, I'm trying to remember what her name is, but I would find all these like body positive Social media, mm-hmm. people that I really liked, and the things they were saying like stuck with me for years. And I, I don't know, yeah. It's funny, like the thing that starts eating disorders sometimes also really, really helped me yes. to recover. That's so. actually
0: like one of my huge, huge things because, I mean, I have probably talked about this before. I work in social media, so that's a big part of my life and my work and i um i just see a lot on there anyways but i i spend out i spend hours literally hours and hours and hours a day not always just for personal i spend personal time on there too but like (laughs) um but i i know that it can be so damaging and like so so it can like have so many bikini pictures before and after pictures that can Ugh. be extremely triggering but there's also so much goodness and education on yes. there and resources like I have been so impressed it like is so inspiring to me like especially the past 3 years just how much it's blown up and I know like the body positivity mo- movement can get kind of like annoying to people sometimes mm-hmm. but like for me I'm like Heck, yes, keep going with it, because yes. it is a big deal like i I don't follow anyone on social media at all that triggers me or makes me feel like crap or anything, and often like that's not even like personal about them. There's a lot of people that I think are amazing and they're not even trying. they to mean do that. well, yeah, but I will not. And even if it's, like, someone I used to love or maybe I will follow them again, you can easily follow and unfollow. Like, it's – and I'm not saying that to be, like, insensitive either. Like, it's your fault if you're triggered. Like, no, that's not what I mean. I just mean, like, I just think, like, people, especially like us who have struggled, like, we we don't have time for more negative thoughts and no. stuff. Like, we need to follow people that make us Feel good and that like educate us and empower us.
1: Yeah, I, well, social media is where I kind of educated myself on, like, wait, diet culture is BS, and I I'm, know <laughs> all these things where I was like, wait a minute, like I don't have to fit into this certain body type or this standard. And so it was very helpful for me, for me
0: actually. I agree. Would you say anything else has been helpful, like the past few years, just in general in recovery? Um,
1: I mean, hearing people's stories and hearing that other people have gone through this too. I remember like you would talk about your friend who had mm-hmm. an eating disorder and, um, she makes she's th- a
0: big part of my story. Yeah. I just don't necessarily want to tell her story to be like sensitive to her, but like, right. um, she's incredible. No, it's she's funny. She's so incredible. Yeah. I
1: don't think I even knew her personally, but she was also a big part of my story because just knowing that someone else out there that I knew like was going through or had gone through the same thing as me and like she made these little signs, she called them and they're so cute I would read those and like that helped me um I looking back like I should have joined a support group but me too we should yeah. have
0: all
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but just hearing still can. other people's stories and definitely social media and listening to podcasts and reading books about like Mm -hmm. people who have gone through eating disorders and it just helps you feel not so isolated because in actuality
0: you are not at all isolated like i did not i did not realize i had no idea and now i feel like in college too like a lot of people my age from high school were coming out and um, yes being open about their eating disorders or um other, other things, too. Here's the cool thing about getting older. <laughs> people <laughs> come out and they, like, start talking about how they've struggled with anxiety and depression their whole life. Yeah. They start talking about their eating disorder. They start talking about their sexual assault. You have no idea. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, it's just, like, so empowering. And I, I absolutely love it. And so hearing more and more people made me realize, like, you are not alone yes. at all. There's so many other people.
1: Well, you could walk into a room and you could find someone who's gone through something similar to you, I feel like, but yeah,
0: um yeah, I wanna like if anybody is listening and wants to talk about it, I'm always opening opening <laughs> I'm always mm-hmm. open to talk about it i I like talking about it because it I just feel like it's helpful, and like once you know you're kind of all in this club, all in the same support group that yeah. like I don't know, um. But at the same time, like I mentioned earlier, it like makes me sad that I haven't been like super open with family and friends about this. Even you, Bryn, like I, I know definitely have guilt and regrets of not being more open or talking about it. One of the hardest things is just finding a good time. Yeah, like this is a scheduled conversation, <laughs> but like I, and I know no need to feel guilt. I can. I can make up for it, but I just, like, I wish that I would have been more open about it, and I always say it's really hard for me to, like, speak up and speak about these hard things um, because it really is. I mean, some of my closest friends and family members, like, still have no idea about me too. any of this, and yeah. we'll be hearing this for the first time, but it's not personal. It's just... It's hard to talk about, and like I think this podcast is good because it's easier to have like one big conversation than like a million little hard ones. Sometimes, right?
1: <laughs> well, it's hard to find the time. You're like, yeah. and just bring it up in a moment that's natural.
0: Yeah. Um, can you think of anything else like with family or friends that was like helpful or not helpful? Because I know for me, um, it wasn't helpful obviously i'll just name some things that weren't helpful yes um when people would obviously say like just eat like i don't get it you know um i yeah and i personally didn't like when people drew attention to what i was eating at all and part of that is because it was obvious if you were paying attention yes (laughs) that i was not being healthy um people kind of like Saying like you don't look like you have an eating disorder, or you don't like you know like because that's the thing, you don't all look like you have an eating right. disorder,
1: right no, I don't think I looked like I had an eating disorder, but I was literally I hospitalized you a little bit, but well here's yeah, the thing.
0: your brain like totally construes it like right, I would look in the mirror and see something totally different than I would like see in pictures, well, in bad ways and good ways,
1: well, yeah, when you think of anorexia,
0: at least for me like. You think of a skeletal, yeah, person. So, but yeah. you literally can have any body size. That's another thing. Like I didn't realize. Um, I watched the movie. I think it's called Bones or something. To the it's bone. To the bone. Maybe it. Well, it On has Netflix. Lily Collin? Yeah. Um. I like I liked it. It was kind of hard and triggering, but yes, I liked it because it shows people with all body sizes, like yeah. struggling with eating disorders, which is like real because normally you don't see that.
1: Yeah, I watched that when I was way too young. I should not have. Brain. No, no, not because it was bad. I think it was just triggering. Yeah, I think moment. it just has
0: serious stuff in it. That's yeah, like kind of. Um. Sorry, but we were talking about what was um, helpful. No, I was just thinking about that, though. Um, Yeah, this was a big one, too, when people say, like, at least you've lost weight. Or, like, you know, like, talking about always, like, losing weight is a good thing, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. It's not.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I was in eighth grade. I was literally still growing. Yeah, and I'm glad that our cousin
0: realized that. Like, hey, wait, you shouldn't be losing weight. Yeah. Um, Commenting on how you look in general that's why i love beauty redefined is because they talk about how everyone's just obsessed with how they look and that's where it comes from it's just they their whole thing is like your body is an instrument not an ornament and boom i love it like every i have to think about that like every day yeah
1: well you watch any tv show or movie and first thing people say when they see each other is you look good they're like you look so good and it's like in it's not explicit but it's in reference to their body size yeah how their body looks and
0: yeah and I don't think people always mean it that way I just think and that's the thing I like it when people compliment me but at the same time like I um it's not ever going to be helpful for me if anyone comments on my weight um no when I hopefully someday like have kids and I'm pregnant and stuff I I am afraid (laughs) (laughs) But oh gosh, it'll be okay. It just scares me because I just know that's like a huge, huge thing, and I don't, I don't want people commenting on, like you're, you're pregnant, but you're so skinny, or like things that you think are a positive thing, but that in fact reinforce those like, that those negative things in diet culture. So I, you know, I'm gonna have to like be careful with that and postpartum that's a huge thing you know like this expectation that you lose weight right away obviously neither of us have been through that but like yeah that is just not that's not helpful
1: well when you were saying like people commenting on your body like your body is nobody's business Mm -hmm. and I just think we live in such a culture where it's like we I think you've said this before we're trained to like notice when people lose weight or when they gain weight and it's like Even if you notice that,
0: it's not your business to be commenting on it at all. We think it is because it's been so normalized, but it's not helpful. And helpful is a nice way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, we totally are trained like that. And I would say like I've gotten better, especially the past few years, as things like change in my mind and my mind becomes healthier about it. But especially like years ago when I was really struggling. I noticed like 100% oh, yeah. I, because I was obsessed with that. That's all I thought about. And that's the thing. Like we can't let ourselves get to that point or, or even care. It's just like this has been a big thing is just like me thinking. And I'm sure I saw this on someone's social media or something that was like, would you rather be happy or skinny? And I'm going to be honest, like when I was really struggling, I did not know how to answer that because I was like I don't care because I would rather be skinny like that's where my value comes yes. from. yes <laughs> and that is not at all true I would way rather be happy now um but sometimes that's hard to like actually act on that <laughs> yeah actually think about yeah yeah um I don't know is there anything else like I think another thing would be diet talk like it's definitely not helpful. When other people are talking about going off sugar or this diet that they're on. Or
1: making comments about people's food, like what their Mm -hmm. dessert, you know, or like, oh, this has such and such calories. And junk food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, not at all. I agree. And, okay, so we talked about things that weren't helpful. (laughs) (laughs) But anything that is helpful. um. For me it was people telling me that they cared about me, that they were worried about me, that they wanted to listen, just being there without without commenting and making it worse. Yeah. Yeah, I think um
1: talking to you without making it about your body necessarily, like, "Oh, you're so thin." Mm-hmm. Like don't say that. Say instead like, "I've been worried that you seem very sad lately, or yeah, I were I fear that your diet is affecting
0: your mental health. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing, yeah, yeah, because it does for sure. Um, as we're saying these things too, obviously we're not therapists, we're not professionals, no. so like the biggest thing is encourage people to get professional help. Um, I've still talked about things like years and years later to my therapist <laughs> because I'm like. Wait. Wait, help me <laughs> help yeah. me work through this. Um and then I think maybe the last thing, last question I have is just like um I know this has always been something that scares me, but people would be like, "Well, what if you have an eating disorder like you have it for life?" Ugh. Um like it will never go away. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I th- I think to an extent that's maybe true, but definitely, uh, I don't know. You'll still have things that
0: trigger you. Yes. Always. I'll say that. That doesn't necessarily mean you have an eating disorder. Yeah. It means, I think, that you you have those thoughts. Yeah. And then if you've worked through it, you know how to deal with them. Then you know how to deal with them.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I think your eating disorder. Or, you know, what you've gone through will always be a big part of your life. And I still have things that trigger memories of when I was in the depths of my eating disorder or certain things that people will say that still kind of trigger those negative thoughts in me. But I think I know how to deal with it now and can turn to these resources that have helped me in the past. I don't know. Like, if you talk to me today, I would say... No, like, I don't have an eating disorder anymore. I did. You don't seem like it. No. (laughs) You don't don't. look like you have an eating disorder. (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, you don't. Yeah. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you don't ever have those, like, thoughts or struggles or, like,
1: you know? Yeah, you definitely still have those patterns of thoughts sometimes, but just knowing how to cope with them, Mm -hmm. I think, makes all the difference of, like, um
0: relapsing yes which always was such a scary thing to me but I I mean I don't see that happening no it could yeah but you know you're gonna be okay um I would say things I still maybe struggle with um are just yeah negative thoughts I still really really struggle with um clothes finding clothes that fit right yeah. and make you feel good Um, but it's not the clothes fault. No, it's, wait. What? Wait? No, that's not, that's the opposite of what I meant to say. It's not my fault, it's the clothes fault. Yes. (laughs) I literally, I say that, I'm like, wait, no. Um, also, like, um, one of the biggest things for me is photos. Photos have always been very, very difficult because I don't know exactly why, but, like, still... I didn't look at my wedding photos. I've mentioned that in my wedding day photos. Yeah. Um, Which is not a positive thing. Don't do that. (laughs) But I just um, like really struggle with those things still sometimes or we'll see something and, and just get very like triggered by that. And sometimes it takes me like a week. Sometimes it takes me a long time to like wind myself down from that and be like, you're okay, you're okay. That is not like your value. You can still eat. You can still be happy. Like all of these things. Cause for some reason that's just such a a crazy, a crazy thing for me. Um, and yeah, sometimes being at the gym, looking in the mirror. Two weeks ago I was at the gym and I started crying because oh. I had a bad really bad body image moment like i looked in the mirror and was like distraught and so that's the thing like i you know those things still happen to me and i'm so grateful for spencer because he's really supportive and awesome and helps me with it and um but i am really proud that like i don't i don't diet um i use intuitive eating yeah like 100%
1: Well, what you were saying when you cried at the gym last week, (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's okay. But yeah, I'll still have days where I look in the mirror and I'm like, I do not like what I see. And, or, but I can label those days as like, okay, that was a bad body image day. Mm -hmm. And since I'm out of that mindset now that I was in when I had my eating disorder, you know, I'm out of that cloud. I can Mm -hmm. actually recognize like, I don't feel good today today is a bad body image day and that's okay I'm just gonna ride the wave and tomorrow I will probably feel better Mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna maybe tomorrow you'll look
0: smoking hot yeah (laughs) I'm not gonna
1: try and like start a diet today or anything
0: or like eat less like ride the wave you'll feel better tomorrow Mm -hmm. I totally agree I'm like also like yeah if clothes for example I was wearing clothes that made me feel that way or something I'm like no, it's okay. Like, you can wear smo- a smoking hot outfit tomorrow and look yeah, great. And- Take the
1: clothes off. Get naked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Don't wear things that make you feel... Us who wear our robe 24-7. Yes, no. yes. I do still to this day. I love um, baggy clothes and sweatpants for a reason. And it's because I just I just feel great in them. There's just no restrictions. And I... <laughs> I don't know if that's like the most positive thing, but no, I think No, I completely fine. agree.
1: Sometimes I feel like wearing super tight clothes and I feel smoking hot. Other yeah. days,
0: I like to be naked all day. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, unfortunately, I can't do that because we have windows. So, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't think I have anything else to say other than um, thank you for listening. And I'm just grateful for and Being willing to like talk about this because it's been a big, big thing in our life. Definitely. Um. Yeah. If anybody wants to talk, like I said, feel free to reach out. I like love welcoming people to the club. That sounds bad. Not yeah. like the eating disorder. It's a club. click. <laughs> Just like more like we can talk about it. Like yes, it's an okay thing.
1: No, so. I'm and I'm glad we could have this conversation now. I think a few years ago. This definitely wasn't something that could happen, but yeah. Even now, I was nervous. Yeah, no, but time is healing, and if anyone wants to talk to me too, I'm here. So yeah,
0: unfortunately, she doesn't have an Instagram that I can link. Yeah, (laughs) that's okay though. But call me on my cell. It's (laughs) (laughs) that would be amazing. Here's Brynn's number. She's single. (laughs) Well. Thank you everybody for listening. I really appreciate it, and I hope that this episode was awesome and helpful, not too triggering or anything. I will put a trigger warning on yeah. actually because I really, I actually really appreciate when people do that because there's sometimes that I not, I'm not in a place to listen. To not this, worth it. This stuff. Nope. Um. Yeah, I know it was like a little bit more of a serious conversation because this podcast is often very lighthearted, but this was something that was super super important for me to talk about and just let you know my experience because the more people that have shared their experience the better I felt and um, more open I've been able to be which hopefully will help more people because I feel like it is such a serious thing and I think so many people struggle with it so thank you so much Bryn. thank for you for forward. having me we will have to have her back <laughs> of course well Thank you all. I'll see you next time, Side Eye Squad.